If you're looking for a new women's basketball podcast, look no further. From the WNBA to the NCAA and beyond, these talented players are always at the forefront when it comes to social justice and pop culture. From certified legends to young cornerstones to future superstars, we've got it all right here. Join us as we break down the latest topics and storylines covering all things women's basketball. Welcome to Coast to Coast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coast to Coast, WSU's number one women's basketball podcast, where we discuss all things women's basketball. My name is Joe Matthews, and I will be your host for today's episode, joined alongside my outstanding, outstanding panel of Jonathan Haidt and Haley Zemek. So before we get into, you know, the, the real meat of the episode here and start breaking down some things about the WNBA playoffs, which are in full swing, Haley and Jonathan, how are you guys doing? Joe, doing good. Glad to be here. Excited to be back on Coast to Coast. I haven't been on since the summer, I think, with Jonathan, actually. So no, just excited to uh, talk some playoffs and get into it. I am also very excited, Joe. Obviously, Haley, we had a good episode over the summer, but my first time with you now, Joe, on the show. But it's a great time to be on it with the WNBA playoffs on. And there's so much to break down. Absolutely. It's, it's always great to be back on this podcast. And I don't think I've even been on one since uh, about the summer, too. So it's, it's, a, it's a big comeback episode for all of us. But let's get right back into it and start discussing some, you know, big things that are going on in the WNBA. Obviously, the season has, you know, come to an end, the regular season, that is. And the playoffs are now in full swing, as I said earlier. And that's kind of what we're going to be doing here in this episode, just breaking down some of the things that have been going on so far in the playoffs and possibly even give some predictions for things moving forward. And so to start off, I want to start by talking about the one of the, one of the first games that occurred in this year's playoff picture, and that was the New York Liberty versus the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, unfortunately for Liberty fans, including myself, the Liberty lost to Phoenix by a score of 83 to 82. And a, a interesting fun fact about the Liberty is that their winning percentage was 0.375, which was the worst for any playoff team in WNBA history. I mean, they were just absolutely huge underdogs, but they almost pulled out, in, in my mind, a pretty big upset against the Phoenix, Phoenix Mercury. Um, but looking at this game, that's what we'll start this episode off with. Just first of all, Haley and Jonathan, opening this up to you, just what stood out to you from either side on the Mercury and the Liberty who are some players who had some big performances? Just what is your breakdown from this, you know, first round playoff matchup? Yeah, Joe, I think if you look at this first matchup, which obviously I know we're going to break down a little bit, just how the WNBA playoffs are so much different compared to other sports of having like basically two single game elimination rounds. You know, the Liberty barely got into the playoffs, almost by like the skin of their teeth, obviously, like you mentioned, having that just, you know, 0.375, I think they were 12 and 20 to end the season record. And to go up against a Mercury team, you know, that was 19 and 13, you know, six games above 500. You knew it was going to be tough for the, the Liberty to come out in this game. And I thought the Mercury would kind of have a little bit more control in this game than it ended up happening. But to win only, you know, 83 to 82 and on down to the winding minutes, I think this was a huge step for the Liberty, especially when they were, you know, only won two games, I believe, last season. And to come back and to have like a kind of mediocre season, to be honest, you know, barely getting into the playoffs and almost advancing to the second round of the playoffs, you know, certainly something to write home about. And like you mentioned, like stuff to look from, from this game, some takeaways, you know, looking at the stat sheet alone. I mean, you got, but Laney had 
was had 25 points for the Liberty, you know, the leading scorer. Um, Natasha Howard, you know, a former defensive player of the year, had a double-double with 16 points and 10 rebounds. You know, Sabrina Iniescu had 14 points, 11 assists and five rebounds, almost a, a triple-double. You know, she she was battling some injuries earlier in the season. This team, you know, is very balanced. We, there's not just kind of like one mouth to feed on this team. There's a bunch of weapons on offense that's going to really help them into the future as well. And then on the Mercury side, obviously, the big question mark was Diana Taurasi's status. And obviously, she didn't play in this game. But, you know, she was immediately picked up by, you know, Brittany Griner, who, you know, for people that are just kind of, I'm going to say not as big WNBA fans, but I think a lot of people just know Brittany Griner solely from just the fact that she's one of the few players that, that can dunk in NBA history, and, excuse me, WNBA history. And she's certainly shown that, you know, using her size inside, she's so dominant sometimes, you know, 16 points, 10 rebounds, a double-double. She's been a double-double machine. And, you know, she was definitely a key, you know, catalyst for the Mercury's win in this game. But then obviously Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, who's on the first team all WNBA adding 22 points, you know, that almost three-headed monster of Diggins-Smith-Griner and then obviously Diana Taurasi when she's healthy. It was just, it was an exciting game. And I think, honestly, even though the Liberty lost, I think it's still a, you know, a, a good game to take away from for the future, just for the sheer fact that they, A, made the playoffs, B, took down or excuse me, almost took down the Mercury, who are now in the WNBA semifinals and almost, you know, pretty close to a WNBA championship. I feel like everything that Jonathan said, I'm just going to be reiterating, but uh, like he just mentioned a second ago, it's, you know, the Liberty making it to the playoffs is great. The Liberty keeping it such a close game and almost attempting to pull off an upset is just kind of crazy because you would never think the, the mercury would let it get away from them like that obviously you know they were trailing early in the the first quarter but then they really fought back to keep it a close game and they were carrying uh the team into halftime with the lead so obviously the liberty in their performance they've been living and dying by their three-point shooting and obviously this game was no exception. That's exactly what they were doing. Um, their hot shooting, it was helping them maintain that lead through the second and the third quarter. Um, but obviously then on Phoenix's side, Sophia Cunningham, she just erupted. She gave their team a huge run and most of her points, which it was uh, 22 points and 18 of those were just the second half. So obviously that's very impressive. But then going back to the Liberty, they, they just had something. They had that confidence that even though they didn't have such a great record or they weren't a team to be expected to go into the playoffs, they still showed that they can compete and they're a team to look forward to like playing in the future. So obviously then other players to look at that had a great game. Uh, as Jonathan also mentioned, Sabrina Unescu, she stood out, especially since she was injured last year. And for this game, it was just elite playmaking. She had 14 points, 11 assists, five rebounds. And then, like I said, Sophie Cunningham, she was six of seven from behind the arc. So they also were hot with the three point shooting so this game was fun to watch definitely surprising to see the liberty in the playoffs but overall if they had won it would have been so exciting for new york fans but overall i think uh phoenix they're gonna have a good run in these next few series 
definitely. I mean, had the Liberty pulled off this upset, I mean, it would have been just outstanding because as you guys both said, I mean, you know, the, the Mercury are such a great team. Like you said, Jonathan, they have such a fearsome three-headed monster. And even though Dan Tarasi wasn't playing in this game against Liberty, it was still a pretty tall task for, you know, New York, New York to come out and, you know, perform in a big way in a playoff setting. And I think they really did, even though they came up short, you know, they were right in it up until the end. You know, Nigel Laney, she hit a insanely clutch three-pointer at the very tail end of the game to tie it up. The Mercury only wound up winning just because they got a, a foul call and hit, some, and hit a single free throw with 0.4 seconds remaining. Uh, so it, it was an incredibly exciting game to watch uh, and one that really came down to the wire. And I mean, just to hit a little bit more on some of the points you guys said, you know, on both sides, I mean, the Liberty Sabrina Ionescu, I mean, she's just an absolute star and she's going to be one of the faces of, of the sport in years to come. And she had a pretty solid game. But, you know, Benajelini, like I said, you know, she hit that game tying three that had the Liberty one would have been, you know, one of the better shots of the year. And I think it still can be argued as one of the best shots of the year. But she had an outstanding game, you know, getting 25 points. Natasha Howard, who has pretty much missed the entire season for the Liberty dealing with injury, she comes in and she puts up a double-double of 16 and 10. The Liberty had some really great performances. And even on the on the Mercury side, you know, Sophie Cunningham, like you mentioned, Haley, she had just a huge, huge game, you know, stepping in and, you know, filling a role that was kind of, you know, left empty due to the fact that Diana Tarasi was missing. You know, they didn't, the Mercury didn't have one of their big three. Cunningham was able to come in. She tallies a career high 21 points. I mean, it was just a really great all-around game by both teams. And, you know, that's how sports are sometimes is that both teams can play exceptionally well and one team always has to lose. And I don't think the Liberty can, I don't think the Liberty should come away with this, you know, with their heads hanging low. I mean, they played an exceptional, exceptional game. The, the Mercury just played that much better. So with that said, as we sort of wrap up this discussion about the, the Liberty, I want to just ask one more question about them, which is kind of just what are your expectations for the team moving forward into next season? I mean, do you think that they're going to be able to come back even better and, you know, really definitively make a playoff spot and not scratch in at the end? Do you think it might be sort of the same the next season? How do you, th how do you see things shaking out for the Liberty in you know, the 2022-23 season? Honestly, I, as a WNBA fan, would just forget this, this loss completely. I think this team has a very bright future. I think, obviously, individual players on this team show potential. I think um, one of the things to look at is they competed in the playoffs for the first time this year since 2017. So obviously they have, you know, improved since then. And yes, they did lose, but it was so, so close that I think next year they can continue to make a run. Uh, one thing that I think they need to focus on, they need to improve upon is turnovers, what team doesn't consistency on both sides, offensively and defensively, um, and just developing their young stars. I think obviously this group is pretty young, but they're poised. I think they have a great team and a great chance to make the playoffs next year. And I just think one thing they need to do is realize their full potential. I think they can really go places next year. And one of the things that they have is now they have this underdog mentality. So I think moving forward, they can reach, uh, you know, the playoffs again, go further, hopefully make it uh, to the finals and get that uh, 
that first title. I have to agree with a lot what Haley said. And I mean, when you, we've been talking about this Liberty team, I just think like obviously since they haven't been to the playoffs since 2017, the culture I think shifted completely when they drafted Sabrina Ionescu because we knew that, you know, coming out of college, there's some of these generational players that, you know, even the WNBA that have helped grow the game, helped grow the league. And I think she's certainly going to be that player, you know, playing for a New York team that's, you know, the biggest market, you know, arguably in the world um, on a team that already had some young talent and is still, you know, growing their young talent. And after what she did at Oregon for all, for all those seasons in, in college, to be able to just come right into the New York Liberty and start, you know, start from the bottom, like completely. And obviously, like we talked about the two win season last season. And to go from that to making a playoff spot, you know, who cares about the record? They, they made the playoffs and they tested, you know, one of the best teams in the WNBA, now a top four team. So to be able to do that is certainly a success. For next season, I'm kind of anticipating just for the sheer fact of how the, the, power, the, the power hierarchy of the WNBA currently is right now. I could see them, if they do make the playoffs, being like a seed, like six through eight again. Um, I think they, they will have more wins than, than this past season in the regular season, just from the sheer fact, you know, it, like we talked about Natasha Howard was out for most of the season. Um, Sabrina Ionescu was battling injury and wasn't, you know, just coming off injury from the season before. And, you know, just having the full collective unit together, because we're going to talk about a little bit about some of the Titans of the league and the Diana Taurasi's, the Sue Birds, you know, some of these, you know, stars that we've been watching for so many years are kind of on the way out. And obviously they're, they're still at their highest level performance wise, but in the next couple of years, I feel like it's kind of going to change in the WNBA sort of like the, you know, the old out and the new in and the Liberty are going to be one of those young, you know, those young up and coming teams that I think are going to definitely make a push for the playoffs in the near future. And like you said, Haley, I think they could definitely make a push for a championship probably in the next three years, in my, in my, in my opinion, but for next season, you know, even just looking at the statute again from this past season, it's just really hard to tell from some of the players that, you know, they just weren't able to have a full season of play. And obviously for this season, we got to also mention like having an Olympics break, I think is also really difficult when you stop play for that long. And I've stayed the first ever commissioner's cup, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously with the Seattle storm winning that, but to have, you know, a, I wouldn't say a more normal season next year, you know, hopefully COVID-19, you know, fingers crossed will be a little bit better, make things even a little bit easier for you know, travel purposes and just for overall for the team. But this team is young and I think they're poised to at least hopefully grab a seven or six seed next season, realistically. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with both of you. And I think that the Liberty's best days are ahead of them. Because, um, you know, a, a lot of the core of this team is just still really, really young. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu, you know, we've, we've talked about her and talked her up, you know, she was only in her second year in the WNBA this year. I mean, she's got her best years ahead of her. The, they had, you know, the rookie of the year, Michaela Onyewere, this year. They had another great rookie, Didi Richards. I mean, the players on this Liberty team are younger. And, you know, it's just going to be a matter of once they get better, that's when they'll really be able to hit their stride. And Liberty still have other, you know, good key pieces surrounding them with Sammy Whitcomb, who's someone who has championship experience and elite three-point sniper with a former defensive player of the year and Natasha Howard with the Nigel Laney, who's an all-star player. I mean, they really have the pieces there. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, they're going to have to finally put it together once, you know, some of their key players like Sabrina Inescu, like Didi Richards, like Onyewere, once they get more experience, that's when the Liberty will start winning games. And I think that's coming pretty soon. It's going to be a real exciting thing to see, but that will kind of wrap up uh, for now our talk about the Liberty and not the Mercury because we'll be talking about them a little, little later because they are still charging on in the playoffs. But just to kind of recap a little bit of 
some of the other things that happened in the playoffs, uh, Chicago, the Sky were able to defeat Dallas 81 to 64, the Minnesota Lynx to the Chicago Sky. Uh, so Chicago is another team in that sort of first playoff bracket like the Liberty were, and they were able to make it all the way through to the semifinals. Uh, and the Mercury, obviously, we just talked about how they beat the Liberty. They went on to eliminate the defending champions in the Seattle Storm 85 to 80, and they'll be moving on to the semifinals to face the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, but before we get into talking about the semifinals, I want to bring up another sort of topic of conversation that I think can kind of be had about, you know, the beginning of the WNBA playoffs, because a big thing that, you know, is a major factor as to why some of these teams, you know, are able to make big runs, even from, from the get-go, is that for the first two rounds, it's single elimination. You know, it's not like the NBA or the MLB or, or well, not the NFL, but the MLB, NBA, NHL teams, you know, sports where, you know, you have long series usually. Uh, the WNBA, they start off immediately, single elimination. You know, the Liberty, they lost to the Mercury, and that was it. They were done. Um, so I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Do you think that that's something that should sort of stick around? Do you like that format of, you know, single elimination in the beginning, and then once you get past those first two rounds, then you get into playing series? Or do you think that it should be extended out and it should be more of a traditional playoff format where right from the get-go you're going in at least a five-game, maybe even a seven-game series? Yeah. Joe, I understand why the league did it at first, because obviously when they implemented it, they were still trying to, you know, grow, grow the league as a whole and, you know, bring in viewerships, uh, excuse me, an increased viewership to just, you know, make for must-see basketball. Because obviously the best thing we can hear in sports is, oh, you know, sudden death elimination. And that's kind of what the thought process was by having two rounds worth of it. I think at this point, the WNBA is in a much better spot than they were in. Obviously, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, the game has grown. Women's basketball as a whole has grown. I think at this point that one round is, is enough for this single elimination, you know, circumstances. Like obviously the Liberty Mercury game was a great, you know, for example, you know, great first round game. But I then I feel like after that, you know, the, the competition's getting even better. And I feel like they're missing out on, you know, even better basketball if they had like a three or five game series, you know, in round number two, like we've seen in other sports. Um, I guess it's kind of comparable to like the play-in tournament now, like the W, uh, excuse me, that the NBA is really trying to push for because they kind of see that a, one game could sometimes really bring in a lot, you know, a lot of viewers and really increase, you know, just viewership as a whole. But uh, me personally, I think the WNBA is in a much better spot and I think they can afford to have a second round series. Um, just, just for the sheer fact, like you talked about some of the matchups, you know, in, in the second round that we, we kind of only saw one game of like the Mercury and the Storm, you know, Brianna Stewart missed the game, you know, due to injury. Um, to have a, you know, a five game series against, you know, the, you know, Brittany Griner and, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith and the Mercury against, you know, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird and the Storm. I mean, that that's must watch TV. And I feel like they kind of missed out on that. If, you know, just wrapping up all in one game and then someone to the other side, obviously anytime like, you know, Candace Parker's playing, you know, Chicago Sky and everything, it's definitely, you know, a, you have to tune in, you know, immediately as she's one of the, you know, the greatest in the sport. So I just think at this point that making a series in the second round, I think is definitely a, a, a good option and won't, really draw back from how, you know, sometimes magical, you know, quote unquote, the playoffs can be for the WNBA. Yeah, I just, I think it's very high school, like a single elimination within the WNBA. I just think it's a little ridiculous. This is a pro league, just like any other sport. So I think just like the regular NBA gets to play within series, I think the WNBA should be able to do the same thing. 
and hopefully this happens sooner rather than later and you know we get with the times um and i just think having these buys and having the single elimination games i just think it's not worth it um there is an argument to make for the other side though the one thing you can say is the one possible benefit for the single elimination is a team could be good enough to beat another team if they play just one game but maybe a team might not be able to win a full series against a better seeded team so looking at it that way it it's basically the NCAA tournament that's how that setup works you get the Cinderella aspect but it doesn't translate as well when obviously the WNBA playoffs is only eight teams as you know March Madness is 64 Um, But I think you can make that argument as well. But just in general, in my opinion, I think it's I think it should be extended. I think series should be played for the entirety of WNBA playoffs. Yeah, I think I have to agree with both of you guys that, you know, I I can see, like you said, Jonathan, I can see why they might choose and you know to go for this single elimination type format and even like you said you know it brings sort of a ncaa tournament type atmosphere you know an elimination game is always going to get more views usually uh you know in terms of tv revenue and things like that um but i honestly think that they don't even need to worry about them i think a better thing for them if they want to continue to market the game might be to pivot to a full series because i mean looking for example at you know the liberty versus mercury Liberty lost that game and now they're out. You know, some of the stars that are playing on the Liberty, like Sabrina Ionescu, like Benajah Laney, they only had one game in the playoffs. The WNBA had one opportunity to get them out there and, you know, get the get the public to watch them. And if you weren't able to catch that game, uh, that that's it. Now you can't watch them for the rest of the season. I think that, you know, if they extended out to even just a five-game set, and even if, you know, the Liberty were to get swept in a five-game set and you only play three games, that's still two extra games where you get to, you know, get some revenue, get Nigel Laney out there to the public audience, get Sabrina Ionescu out there to the more general crowd. Um, I think that would be a good thing to do too. Um, and I, I do kind of like the aspect of, you know, being single elimination leads to a lot more variability, you know, because like as we see the Chicago Sky, who are the sixth seed, now they're all the way to the semifinals. Um, but again, you know, I feel like it's just, it's just a little tough for, for some of these teams that, you know, had the liberty, you know, been able to beat the Mercury. The Mercury are an outstanding team. And it's just if you get caught on one bad day, you're kind of done. And everything that you did all season gets thrown out the window. Um, it can be a little harsh. And even with just the format of the playoff as a whole, where you know, teams like the Aces and the Suns, I mean, they get automatic buys to the semifinals. You know, it's it's definitely a strange structure. And I think that I'd like to see it, you know, maybe be a little more traditional and sort of you know, not be single elimination immediately. And some of these teams get, you know, immediate, you know, kind of instant trips to almost a, a finals appearance. Cause then, you know, all, all the sun or, or aces have to do is just win one series and they're already in, in the playoff or in the, uh, in the finals, but it is what it is. And we'll, we'll see, you know, how things pan out and if there's any sort of change to that format in the future. But with that said, now it's time to move on to, preview some of the upcoming playoff games and series now. Uh, so as we said, the Connecticut Sun and Las Vegas Aces obviously have 
moves instantly on to the semifinals. They got the double bye being the first and second seed, uh, the Sun, the first seed, the, the Aces, the second seed. Uh, and now the Mercury, who just defeated the Liberty, they will be going on to face the Las Vegas Aces. And we'll start with that series first and kind of break it down from both sides, starting first with, you know, the side of the Mercury. Um, and the first thing I kind of want to ask is just, what do you think that Phoenix's game plan is going to sort of be heading into this game? You know, obviously they missed Diana Taurasi in that game against Liberty, but now she's come back. She had 14 points against Seattle in the Mercury's second game in the playoffs. Um, so how do you think that her coming back with, you know, some of these other players on the Mercury team, how do you think that really fits into their overall game plan to go up against a, a big time, you know, number two seed like the Las Vegas Aces? One thing that I really want to highlight is their down low, their defense. Obviously they have Brittany Griner. They have Brianna Turner, who they both made all defense this year, which is awesome. So obviously that's something that you want to look at. But then on the other side, the aces do have uh, Liz Cambage and uh, Aja Wilson. And those two are just they're very very similar in regard to size and power and talent so it's going to be a battle down bottom so in regard to the mercury like I said Griner and Turner are two people that I think they're going to put a lot of uh, trust into when it comes to the defense but then in regard to offense Diana Tarazi is obviously a amazing player and she's really gonna lead this team hopefully to the finals if they can you know scratch up an upset um she's developed a lot she has just been a great leader with playmaking and obviously having points having assists and overall i think the the mercury they just have to be focused on you know, a little bit of everything. They can't put their eggs all in one basket. I think they they need to have a game plan that, you know, focuses on everything from the defense and rebounding to the offense and the point making. So I think the Mercury can really come out and put on a show and play really, really well against the Las Vegas Aces. I feel like the easy answer to this one, obviously, is just say Brittany Griner, because usually against any other WNBA team, you know, she's so dominant. And like, like Haley, you know, mentioned, like I just looked at her stats again for the whole season. And, you know, she averaged 20, 20 and a half points a game, 9.5 rebounds a game and two blocks a game. So, like, you know how dominant she's going to be inside. You know that part of the Aces strategy is going to be trying to contain her down low. And obviously, if she was the only star of the team, then you could say, all right, if they're a one-dimensional team, then you could just take her out and it'll be easier. Then you got to worry about Skylar Diggins-Smith, who, again, is so versatile, one of the best players in the WNBA. And obviously, Diana Taurasi, you know, coming off injury and at the stage in her career, I just think even in the WNBA and most sports, when you have, you know, people that could argue that she's the GOAT of the WNBA, like, you know, when you have that, that caliber of a player on your team with already some all-stars already on your team at the same time to almost have like this dream team, excuse me, for the Mercury. I just think that there's going to be a lot to worry about for the Aces, especially when you have a team that, you know, obviously they finished ahead of them in the standings, you know, but Aces happen to be the, the number two seed. It's going to be a tough, difficult game, a series, excuse me. I think it's going to be right down to the wire. I think it's going to go the distance. Um, one area on the Mercury I'm looking at is obviously, I think you, you guys talked about it before, was Sophie Cunningham, who had a great game 
um, in the first round, at least, you know, she, she shot in the regular season, you know, 41% from three. If they're able to contain Griner down low, you know, use your perimeter shooting. And I think she, she could definitely lead the way for that and be a difference maker for the, a Mercury team that we know has, again, the, th the three-headed monster. And any three of these players could, um, I would honestly say, Griner and Diggett Smith are at that at that point still, obviously. And Tarasi, I think it's still a little bit more questionable just because she's coming off injury and at the stage in her career. But I think, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs, like I mentioned before, anything is possible. And we've seen what she's done in her career previously. So I think she can still score it well, you know, when the, the lights shine the brightest. That I think the Mercury, again, can't just completely, you know, have their game plan go to Brittany Griner. You know, again, use Skylar Diggett Smith as much as possible because of how versatile she is on offense and defense. And, you know, use Kia Nurse, use Sophie Cunningham, use, you know, use your shooters as well to try to just, you know, keep up with the Aces, you know, who are one of the best offensive teams in the entire league. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, for the Mercury, it's kind of an easy answer. I think they just need to play their regular style of basketball. You know, I think they just have such a really talented team such a deep team, you know, so much, you know, so much defense, so much offense. I mean, they're just such a well-rounded team. And, you know, as we, we'll get into later, some predictions and I'll, I'll tease that I, I am very, very bullish on their chances throughout the rest of this playoff, uh, this playoff hunt. But, you know, I think they just have to go out there and just, just play their game. You know, I think having Diana Taurasi, even though, yes, she is going to be a little questionable coming off of injury, she's still one of the best, you know, one of the best players this sport has ever seen. And, you know, having her is going to be an instant advantage. Add in the fact that you have Skylar Dingett-Smith and Brittany Griner, who are, you know, first team uh, all WNBA players. I mean, you just have such a fearsome big three. You just have to play through them and let them do their thing. Because even though the Aces are, you know, a really, really talented team with, you know, Asia Wilson, with, with Liz Kambaj, I mean, that three-headed monster for the Mercury is one of the toughest to stop in the entire league. And as long as they can really play to their strengths, I think they'll be able to possibly come out with a win, but that's determined to be seen. And, you know, with that said, we'll kind of move to the, to the other side of this series, which is the Las Vegas Aces. And sort of the same question that was posed with the Mercury, kind of just what do you think the, that the Aces have to do to come out of this with a win? You know, what players should they look to lean on? What sort of game plan should they go with? Just, what do you think they have to do to make sure they beat Mercury? I'm not going to spoil the end of our episode of my, you know, finals prediction, just because it might be a little bit different what I'm about to say right now. But before the season, I predicted the Aces to go all the way. And I'll, you know, stay tuned to hear if I still believe that. But I think in this game, um, excuse me, in this series alone against the Mercury, you know, obviously Asia Wilson, you know, w WNBA MVP last season, you know, average, you know, 18 points, nine rebounds a game. Arguably, I think one of the hardest players to guard, you know, in women's basketball in the world right now. Um, you know, like we talked about, this is another team, you know, along with the Mercury, the, the Aces are just so deep. And I think they have like seven or eight players that scored over 10 points a game, you know, during the regular season. It was like Asia Wilson, obviously Kelsey Plum, who, you know, had just, you know, won two awards in the end of the season awards, you know, sixth woman of the year and comeback player um, of, of the year, excuse me. You know, Liz Cambage, Jackie Young, uh, Derica Hanby, uh, Chelsea Gray and Rakunas Williams, you know, just having that that amount of scores on your team alone, I think is going to definitely pose a threat for any team. Um, but just to see how dynamic Asia Wilson is, you know, especially down low, and to just see the matchup with her and Brittany Griner, and then obviously Liz Cambage. Whenever she, whenever those two are on the floor, you know, we talked about how the Mercury has the three-headed monster. That the Aces, you know, is just so deep as well. This is going to have to be honestly, when you look at it from just 
paper and from the eye test, it's going to be a series of stars. And whatever stars can honestly shine the brightest is, is, is what it's going to come down to. Um, I think Asia Wilson, you know, obviously winning the WNBA MVP last season, I think she's, you know, got another chip on her shoulder. Obviously, John Quell Jones won this year, you know, rightfully slow. You know, she had a phenomenal season after sitting out last season. Um, I think the Aces are just going to, I think Asia Wilson, excuse me, is going to have a great series. Um, I think overall, I think she could be the leading scorer from both teams. Um, if it's not either her or Brittany Griner. And then even like Liz Cambage, being able to utilize her. And again, she averaged 14 points and eight rebounds um, during the regular season. So I think really, honestly, you know, relying that Asia Wilson is going to have just huge games for you down the stretch while also utilizing, you know, Kelsey Plum, who again is coming off, you know, just, just an insane season and a great season for this Aces team that already was stacked and had depth, but then bring her back and just have the season that she had. Um, I think they're going to be locked and ready to go and hopefully just try to contain Brittany Griner down low and just use their scores, which obviously they have a plethora of. Everything that Jonathan just said was my entire point. I Their biggest strength is their depth. They have so many great players, so many players that score a lot off the bench, which is great. This Aces team is so dominant. It's crazy. I literally said they have seven players who average 10 or more points a game. Like, that's the most in league history. So saying that Las Vegas has depth, that's just a massive understatement. It's crazy what this team does. Obviously... They have Liz Cambage, they have Asia Wilson, they have all their players off the bench, like you mentioned, Kelsey Plum, they have De'Erica Hamby, who's also great. It's honestly, the Aces are unstoppable with the lineup that they have, both starting five and off the bench. That kind of depth, it's, it's crucial to have when you're in the postseason. Any team knows that. And it's something that definitely gives them an upper hand compared to Phoenix. Obviously Phoenix is great too. They have great players, but they're not, they're not as loaded as the aces are. So honestly, I think this could be a pretty quick series if Phoenix doesn't have a game plan to just go and, you know, combat this deep, this versatile aces team. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a great series. Um, and, you know, like some of you guys have hard time, I mean, the depth for this Aces team is just, oh, it, it's ridiculous. It's so, it's so, so good. I mean, that's why they're the number two seed in, in the entirety of the WNBA. I mean, they have one of the deepest rosters. I mean, arguably you could say you could ever, you could have ever seen. Um, but, you know, I, I think that for them to win, it's, it, it's kind of that, you know, they've got to rely on that depth and hope that, you know, yeah, the, the Mercury, they have their star power. They have that big three, but the Aces have Asia Wilson, who, you know, is arguably, you can make the case that she's the best player in the league right now. They have Liz Kimbaj. Um, I think they could probably match up decently well with the big three over there in Phoenix. And then you might be able to give the edge to the Aces in terms of depth and you know, the rest of the team. And so if they can, you know, outscore, outplay the rest of the Mercury, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think it might, it might just come down to the role players in the series. I won't say that yet because I, I want to wait until we give our, our definitive predictions later on in the episode to really break down what I think is going to happen. Uh, but that's what I, I, I think kind of is the game plan for the Aces to just try to beat them with their role players and with their depth. But that'll sort of wrap up 
the the prediction slash talk about the Mercury and Aces series. We'll move over to the other and final semifinal series that's going to be going down uh, at, at as at the time we're recording this. It's Tuesday. The games will be going off tonight. Um, so by the time this episode comes out, you'll be able to know as a listener, you know how the, the first game of the series panned out. But the other series is the Chicago Sky versus the Connecticut Sun. And as we talked about a little earlier, the Chicago Sky are kind of, you know, they came storming out of, you know, the, the single elimination bracket like Mercury did. But, you know, Chicago, they've looked, they've looked pretty darn good. I mean, they very handily beat Dallas. And they won, you know, by 13 points against a, a Minnesota Lynx team that is that has been pretty good, you know, throughout the regular season. Uh, so they certainly have, you know, some momentum, you know, behind them. And they're going to have a tough task going up against the Connecticut Sun. You know, they're the one seed. They're just absolutely dominant. They have the MVP and John Cole Jones. They're on a 14-game winning streak right now. That's what they ended the regular season on. I mean, they just look really, really daunting. But to start to break down this series, I'll open this up to both of you guys. Uh, just a question about the sky, which is, Kind of point blank simple. Do you think that they can pull off the big time upset? And if they do, what do you think will be the reason for that? I don't think the Chicago Sky are a threat to the sun at all. Like whatsoever. When when I was kind of doing my research, I was like, they they squeaked by just like the Mercury did. Like obviously it wasn't as close of a game in you know, the series that they were in, it was 13 points rather than just one. But the Sun statistically have been one of the best teams in the league all season long. They're the title favorites for from a lot of people and for a good reason. You know, they have MVP John Quell Jones. They have the best defense by a pretty big margin they're going to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. Obviously, you know, you can't discount any teams. Obviously, the sky's talent, they're pretty they're pretty loaded too. Most teams in the WNBA are like you can't discount anyone. I just think the main thing for the sky is they've just been a little inconsistent from game to game um and you just don't want to put too much faith into a team that hasn't been playing so great. Obviously the sun, they haven't played in a while with having the buys, but still, I think as soon as these games start tonight, they're going to be locked, loaded, and just ready to take charge and the sky won't have a chance. Yeah. Everything that Haley said, I also agree with. Um, I have a couple other points I want to bring up that I think if the Mercury was in this situation, I think we could say otherwise just because I think the Mercury match up much better with the Sun than the Sky currently do. And again, we cannot discount any team, especially a team that's in, you know, the top four of the WNBA, you know, especially after this season, winning, you know, back-to-back double, you know, uh, elimination rounds, excuse me, just single elimination rounds each game. You know, obviously we know Candace Parker has that winning pedigree. And we I just talked about before how there's some players like the WNBA history that just always find a way to win and that have been through the gauntlet. And she is, you know, she's had a you know great success and you know, she's been such a great player for such a long time. But when you go against an absolute juggernaut like the Connecticut Sun have been, I just think it's gonna be so difficult. Um, 
The one thing I will bring up, and it's actually an interesting point we can kind of harp on for both series, is, is that I know, obviously, we have, you know, teams like the Mercury and the Sky that have to, you know, they've been playing, you know, a couple of games, you know, over the last week or so to lead up to this point. Obviously, the Sun had that impressive 14-game winning streak to end the season, but they haven't played, you know, since like the middle of September. So I guess one question could be, are they going to just jump right back into that winning mode that they were just, you know, plowing through teams at that point, just absolutely, you know, dominating? Are they going to be able to just jump right back into that win now mode? You know, game one, at least against the sky, you know, the sky are, you know, are, are pretty fresh right now. They, they, you know, they've been battle tested. They've had some, you know, they had a great, like you said, Joe, a great first round, at least, you know, for sure against the wings. I think this is definitely going to play some factor into it, at least maybe for the first game, if the sky are able to steal game one, just for the sheer fact, that maybe the sun just, you know, takes a game or two to get their feedback under them again, just for the sheer fact that they haven't played, you know, since that, the end of the 14 game winning streak. But again, on paper, we know John Quell Jones is just, you know, obviously MVP of the season. Um, her and Asia Wilson are going to be battling that out again for you know, the years to come, like we've been talking about. You know, across the board, you know, the Sky have a great offense. Um, a, a couple of questions, like, can the Sun, you know, a, a lot of their backcourt, can they just, you know, get enough enough offense going to keep up with this to keep up with the sky excuse me but we know how you know great defensively the sun are um and obviously they look so great in that 14 game winning streak and we know that john cole jones and at least and dewana bonner are just so dominant down low is anyone gonna be able to you know solve that again if this was the mercury you have Brittany grinder and liz cambage you know down low able to potentially stifle them but on the sky team that has you know obviously you talked about candace parker but you know, Kayla Cooper, Ali Quigley, Courtney Vandersloot, you know, a lot of good guard play, like I've been talking about. I think it's going to be so difficult to, to upend the Sun. I think the Sun are definitely going to be in the championship game. Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, agreeing with both you guys. It's going to be really hard to see this guy upset the Sun team just because how absolutely dominant they've been, you know, throughout the entire season, especially to, especially to cap off the regular season. Um, I will say, though, I think that there is an avenue that this guy pulled off a miraculous upset, and I think it's just going to be off the back of Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot. You know, I think that the two of them are definite big-time stars, and if they can really just put their team on their back, I mean, Candace Parker, we know she's one of the greats in the WNBA. I mean, she probably is one of the few who has the capability to really just single-handedly put a team on her back and will them to a series win. Um, I think there's a possibility that happens. I just think, it again, like you guys said, it's going to be really hard with just how dominant the Sun have looked. You know, it's not a knock on Candace Parker or the Sky because they've been phenomenal throughout this playoff push so far. Uh, but the Sun are just such a huge, huge juggernaut. Uh, so kind of, kind of wrapping up this discussion, then, I mean, I know we've just really sung the Sun's praises here and, you know, how we, I think we all consensusly think they're going to win. But just to kind of, you know, break them down a little bit further, um, do you have any concerns whatsoever about the Sun in this, you know, in this series? You know, like you said, Jonathan, maybe the fact that they haven't played in a long time could come back to bite them. Um, but just is there anything that you think the Sun should really sort of focus on and, you know, just so that they can avoid any sort of potential trap games, you know, uh, and upset from the, the sky here? key to this and uh, I kind of similar to my aces point from earlier is just to get John Quell Jones going like she has you know the whole season obviously we know the Chicago sky when they're you know doing their pregame you know just figuring out like the matchups 
put everything in their basket to try to stop John Quill Jones. Because if they're able to limit her in any way, like we talked about, we know how good this guy offense is, you know, and obviously they have some great scores, like we mentioned before. If they're able to limit her in any way, I think they, they definitely do have a shot in, in that regard. I just think at the same time, you have, you know, Dewana Bonner, who had a great season as well, you know, for this, this uh, excuse me, Sun team. You know, she also had 15 points, you know, six rebounds a game. Obviously, John Quill Jones had 19 and 11, you know, to average, you know, averaging a double-double in WNBA is, is, is so impressive. Um, but still having Brianna Jones, who averaged 14 points a game, Jasmine Thomas had 10, you know, still have like Brianne January, you know, just we know how dominant their defense is. And I just think if, obviously, we know the Suns' defense is so good, if the defense is there like it has been throughout the regular season and they're able to just stifle, you know, the excuse me, the, the sky's offense, which we know is their, is their strength, then I think still think there's enough, enough offensive capabilities on the Sun team to come away with a series win. Yeah, like I said earlier, I definitely think the Sun, this team, it's just something else. Like, they're title favorites. They're the best team in the league. I just think they're going to have that advantage of, obviously the advantage of being a top two seed and having the buys, but then on the other hand, they haven't played in, you know, two weeks. So hopefully they'll be able to pick right back up and just, you know, come out guns a blazing and, you know, not let the the sky, you know, take the game or take the series even. But the sky, on the other hand, they have been playing. They've been going through these single elimination games. So they've been, you know, obviously getting – getting the work in and having, you know, great games and, you know, now being within the semifinals is a pretty, you know, good thing for them. But then now back to the sun, one of their players that has been a key part of their core has just returned to their lineup after injury. And that's Alyssa Thompson She's been a two-time all-star. She's been a three-time all-defensive selection. And she's really just rose to the challenge these past few seasons and has done really well for them. And obviously, with coming off of an injury, you can't give as much as you want to. Um, But even just short bursts of energy, both defense here and there off the bench, I think it could be a huge boost for for the sun to have a title run. So I don't think the sky is going to have any chance. I think that uh, Connecticut is going to do very well. And I think they are going to make it to the WNBA finals. Yeah. I, th- I think we're all in consensus agreement that, you know, it, there's really not much that can happen for, for the sun to, you know, lose this series. You know, I, I do like your point that you mentioned Jonathan too, that, you know, you just got to get John Quill Jones going. I mean, you know, she's the league MVP. She's, you know, I, I said Candace Parker has the ability to take over a series and put a team on her back, but John Quill Jones has been playing. Like, if, you know, if you looked at this season in the in the WNBA, if there's one player that, you know, you could pick to do that, I think it would probably be John Quill Jones. And I think it's just going to be really tough for this guy to overcome them. You know, I think the Sun, they've just got to, you know, they've just got to – play basketball and win that's such a cop-out answer but I mean really I think that you know like we both like we've all said um you know they're just such a talented team and they've been so dominant they just got to keep doing what they've been doing to finish the season and I think you're going to see them make it all the way to the finals 
Um, but that'll segue into our sort of next and final point on this episode of Coast to Coast, which is, you know, we've got the semifinal picture set now. You know, we've already made a little bit of, you know, predictions. We've teased ours a little bit. But now it's going to be the time where you can finally put it, you know, set it in stone. And it's just going to be a really, really simple question to both of you guys, which is just who's going to win the WNBA championship this year? I think the Las Vegas Aces will be winning the championship um, and they'll be, be they'll be beating the Connecticut Sun. Overall, I'm just a person that loves an upset. Like, obviously, they're the one and two seeds, so, like, it's not that big of an upset, but still, you know, the two going over the one. Um, and again, I'm just going to go back to my point of the aces and their depth. I think that that is what's going to carry them through the semifinal series and then carry them through the finals series. Obviously, the Sun is a great team, but I just think that the aces – are much more dominant on the court, both offensively and defensively. And I just, I don't think it's going to be an easy series. I think it's going to be super exciting to watch. I think it's going to be, you know, fun for the viewers. Um, and obviously you don't want it to be an easy series. You don't want to see one team like sweep another. Like I don't want the aces to just like kill the sun and I don't want the sun to just kill the aces, but I think, an upset would be great. And obviously I want the aces to win, but if the mercury could beat the aces and then the mercury beat the sun, I think that'd be pretty crazy too. Cause I just, I like an upset. So I'm just going for the upset. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's kind of, I want to say somewhat my thought process, but just a little bit different in some regards. First of all, I think whoever wins the aces and mercury series will win the entire thing. Um, I think either one of those teams, just the way the Aces played throughout the regular season, we, like we talked about the amount of depth they have, like you, 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 you harped on Haley, um, the Asia Wilson effect and the Kelsey Plum effect, just alone of those two players. And obviously Liz Cambage, you know, I'm not going to say the same three headed monster as, you know, the, the Mercury have just from the amount of experience those three have over there in, in Tarasi Griner and Dickens Smith, but just the sheer fact that, you know, Asia Wilson, you know, literally won the MVP last year and then add to add that with Kelsey Plum, Liz Cambage, you know, they had Chelsea Gray, you know, you know, these are Olympians too, that were on the Olympics team that won the gold this year. Um, I think that, first of all, I think in the Mercury and Aces series, um, I think the Aces will get pushed to the limit though. I think the Mercury will make it a very competitive and fun series. And I think it might go to the second to last or last game of the series in order for the Aces uh, to prevail. In the Sun series, I don't think it's going to go that far, but I don't think they're going to sweep necessarily the sky just for the sheer fact that I think that they're going to have some rust just because they haven't played in that long. Um, like we've been talking about the entire episode, just that the sun, you know, they won 14 straight to end the season, but to not play for that long stretch of time, you know, it's hard for any team, regardless of the sport. And I think they're going to do a good job, at least of attempting to contain John Quill Jones at first, usually, you know, in, in previous years in other sports, you would have like a, a dominant player and MVP you know, the other team's going to throw every card you have at that at, at that player. And I think they're going to at least do that for game one. And then I think John Coldrone is going to figure it out and then, you know, just tear it up the rest of the series. Um, but my, my WNBA championship series, it will be the Aces and the Sun. And I think it's also going to be a competitive series. 
it's just so hard sometimes when you're doing John Quill Jones and, and Asia Wilson, who again, MVP this year, MVP last year, it's just going to be, you know, make for must see TV. I think it's great for, again, for the league, you know, increasing the viewership. Um, and just alone the, the Mercury and, and Aces series, I think is going to be great for the, for the, um, excuse me, for the league too, just, you know, Brittany Griner and, you know, Diana Taurasi, you know, could this be her last, you know, go? I know she's only maybe like a year or two left, who knows? But I think in the finals that the Aces will defeat the Sun. Obviously the Sun, we talked about, has just been so dominant, but the, the amount of depth on a team like this, when you already have, you know, three or four superstars and then add that on maybe like four or five great depth players, I think that just is, is the knockout blow to a team like the Sun, who again are so dominant. And, you know, both offensively and defensively, the one, you know, maybe flaw or like Achilles heel is maybe their offense is not obviously not as good as their defense. And a lot of their offense does revolve around John Quill Jones, the aces, you know, like we've been talking about having seven or eight players that have scored above 10 points per game as their season average. I think the aces also will win the WNBA championship and give Asia Wilson that title that she deserved last season. I like both of your picks. Um, I will say that mine is a different one. And it's one that, Haley, I think you'll be a fan of because I'm going for the ultimate double upset. I think that the Phoenix Mercury are going to win the championship this year. Um, I just think that, you know, yes, the Aces, they have an incredibly deep team. The Sun, they have, you know, John Cole Jones, who's playing just absolutely ridiculously this year. But I think that in basketball, it's a sport that is dominated by star players, right? And the Phoenix Mercury, I think they have just the best collection of star talent of any team that's remaining. Diana Taurasi, arguably the best player, the best women's basketball player ever. You have Brittany Griner, who's, in, you know, one of the best players in the game right now, one of the best, you know, centers down low in the entire game. You have Skylar Diggins-Smith, who's just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal guard. I mean, her, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Brittany Griner were both first team all WNBA this year. I mean, just that big three alone, I think it's going to be enough to carry the Mercury over any team that comes across them, you know? And the Mercury, let's not forget either. I mean, they still have a pretty solid team surrounding them. I mean, you know, like we, we've, we've mentioned earlier, you know, there is Cunningham there. You know, we saw her have an outstanding, you know, game against the the Liberty. I mean, they have Brianna Turner, who's an all-defensive player. I mean, they have Kia Nurse. They have a really, really good team. And I think just the fact that they have such such dominant star power that I don't think any team that's left in this field can compete with, I think they're going to ultimately be the, the team to win. I mean, we saw them already take down the Seattle Storm, where the Seattle Storm, I think, are a team that, you know, obviously defending champions, with, you know, Sue Bird, Sue Bird over there, with Jewel Wood over there. I mean, they're a team that I think is on the sort of tier of the Las Vegas Aces and, you know, the Connecticut Sun. And we saw the Mercury already, you know, take them down. Um, so I think they've proven that they can really hang with the big-time elite teams like that. And I think the star power, again, is just going to put them over the edge. And so they're my pick. I think they will beat – I think, you know, they'll beat the Sun – in the finals, I think the Sun are going to take down the sky and, and put an end to that sort of Cinderella run. But I do think that the Phoenix Mercury will be defeating the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA finals here in 2021. And, and with that, that's going to start to wrap up this episode of Coast to Coast. We hope you enjoyed listening. I've been Joe Matthews, joined alongside just an outstanding panel, as always, of Haley Zemeck and Jonathan Hyde. Real quick, 
before we sign off, any final thoughts? I just, I'm kind of glad you picked the Mercury because at first I was thinking like, I can't do it. I think the Aces will pull it off, but no, I, I think that's a, a good choice. I had a lot of fun doing this with you guys. And I also have to agree anyone from that series, either team, I think will go all the way just from the amount of star power we've been talking about. And I would not be surprised if the Mercury are somehow able to just, you know, upset the aces, um, even though they are, obviously they are the lower seed, but I think it's going to be a great series and a great, you know, rest of the WNBA playoffs overall. It absolutely is going to be an outstanding, outstanding WNBA playoffs, but that's going to do it for this episode. And, you know, to keep getting some big time coverage of the WNBA, WNBA and the playoffs, be sure to stay tuned to Coast to Coast here on WSOU Sports, where we cover all things women's basketball. And be sure to stay tuned to all our other podcasts that we have out there. Once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day.